mountains and I love climbing them. In December of 2019, I and a group of friends climbed the Mount Alinis, or it's a 1,039 meters above sea level peak in Negros Oriental, where I'm from. So it was a major hike, and we, meaning we hiked for around two days before reaching the summit. And if you're a mountaineering geek, the difficulty was around six of nine. It was a bit, it was a bit difficult. So before the hike, we, pre we prepared everything that we, need, we needed. So we prepared proper gear. It was cold up there. We prepared for food provisions. We hired a guide and we planned everything from the logistics and we trained for almost three months to be able to, to reach there. On the day of the hike, we entered the trail, which, which was uh, very steep. It was, uh, in, in mountaineering term, it's pure assault. And it was difficult. It was full of vegetation. It was a rainforest. It was muddy, mossy. There were a lot of, of leeches. And, but, but along the way, we also found springs where we refilled our water bottles and drank from them. And once in a while, we go under large trees, under the roots of large trees. It was a difficult journey, but we also enjoyed it. And it took us around six hours to be able to reach camp. And we, we set up camp in front of a lake. It was a beautiful scene. I dream of waking up every morning to, to that scene. And early morning the next day, we attempted to summit and it took us more than an hour to be able to reach the top. It was rainy, and going up the summit, it was also very challenging. It was rainy and muddy, but just in time, as we arrived at the, at the peak, the, the weather began to clear up, and we were able to take a picture. There was a, an iconic tree there, a century-old tree, which was the, the picture-taking point of those who will reach the summit. This, this is the picture. And at the background was the, mag the, the majestic lake. So, And after summiting, we broke, camp, we broke camp and hurriedly started to descend. And we, uh, we took another trail because it was a traverse we entered. A, a trail, and we exited another. And it was another eight hours. And it was difficult. There were times where I said, it was, it, it was a December, so I said, I, I might just as well just be sitting on the couch and eating. But I chose this. And so we reached down after eight hours uh, under the cover of darkness, wet, tired, dirty and sore, but, but along the way, I, I said to myself, that was a wonderful trip to the summit, and we were glad to be able to return, return home safely. We get, they gave us the, the, the LGU there, they gave us a certificate of achievement, and it was a memorable hike because I also spent it with a few brothers, a few good friends, and although challenging, both the journey, not just the destination, was rewarding and worth it all. And I have learned so much from it. And I can say, 
I have proven to myself that I can, I can do it and I can climb that mountain. You know, our, our lives as believers of Jesus is also like a hike or climbing mountains. It is difficult sometimes and it may be challenging. And it requires that we are ready for the journey. We should prepare the right gear. We should train. We should prepare uh, our supplies for the journey. But it's also rewarding and fulfilling. And thankfully, we do not journey alone. God is with us. Is with us. He has given us everything we need as pilgrims in this life to survive, not just to survive in our journey, but also to thrive. Not just to reach our destination, but also to enjoy the journey. Not just to transport us to heaven, but, as, but also to transform us along the way. And so, my brothers and sisters in Christ, the Christian life or the believer's life is both grace and a responsibility. God's work first and our participation. We must participate. We must partake. We must share in His life and mission. Make an effort to follow Him, whether difficult or not, to become more like Him. And the result of that is growth and a transformed life and a maturing faith. So this morning, my title is Never Stop Growing. And we continue with 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. We continue with the series, The Pilgrim's Life. Let's look at this. Through our faith in Jesus, God has provided us everything we need for us to live good and godly lives. Our response should be a continuing desire to grow and participate in Jesus' life and love. Doing so will result in fruitfulness and reward in our lives. A little background about Second Peter. It's written to the same audience as First Peter. So it's more of a, it has no specific people in mind. It's a, more of a general epistle. He wrote this to the Christians in the Asia Minor. They were Gentile Christians who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And Peter, knowing that he was about to die, he, he states this in the letter. This served as his final letter to the Christians, to the Gentile Christians. Peter writes this as a final challenge to everyone. He says, as pilgrims of God who put their hope in Jesus Christ, we must never stop growing. And he has also used this letter to challenge the false teachings in the church. The church at that time was infiltrated by false teachers. And so he was countering this. And he was countering the accusations made by these false teachers. And he was restoring order and confidence in these churches. And he starts by introducing himself. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. We are familiar with Paul's teaching which says, we receive righteousness by faith in Christ. Peter turns it the other way around and says that we receive faith through the righteousness of Jesus. Meaning, he's saying here, because Christ is good, he made it possible for us to have faith that we need to accept him. We have a relationship with God because of his goodness and mercy. And in a typical Peter 
way of greeting. He, he greets the believers. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Peter comes, peace rather comes from knowing as he is revealed in Jesus Christ. He repeats this theme all throughout of the passage, the knowledge of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and so as we dive into this message, we will look at three things that pertain to the life of a, of a believer. Number one, God's part. It's God's part in the life of a believer. Our response and the result. All right, let's dive right into it. So what has God done? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. He starts in 2 Peter verse 1 to 3. And he continues, through this he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you might participate in the divine nature having escaped corruption in the world caused by evil desires. This is salvation in a nutshell. All salvation is a gift and through knowing Christ. It is what Jesus said to us in John 17, 13. Now this is eternal life that you may know that, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite authors, puts it, in a beautiful way. Sabi niya, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind when the word God or Lord, that is the most important thing about us. Not just any knowledge, not just any knowing, not just any knowledge in this physical world, but our knowledge of God is the most important thing about us. The truth about him, our recognition of him in this world and in our lives, our understanding of who he is, it is in this knowing that we are equipped for a life of goodness. It is in this knowledge that we are given power to do good. And as we come to know him more and give our lives to him, his power is at work in us, transforming us, changing our hearts. And the gift of salvation, it not only shows us the goodness of God, it also shows His glory. It shows that He is worthy of worship. And through God's goodness and glory, Peter says, He has given us His... Yeah. Through this, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them you might participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Participate or share in this divine nature. What does this mean? What does sharing and participating in God's life mean? Have you heard of the phrase, you become what you behold? Or you become what you worship. You become what you worship. For better or worse, we are influenced or shaped and affected by what we believe in. We share in the nature of our God or God's. So 
back home in Dumaguete, I used to run and I used to jog. We lived near the airport and wala pang masyadong aeroplano uh, during that time. And so every, every night we would, we would jog in the, in the runway and I would jog with my, with my nephew, the son of my cousin. And we would jog every day. But every, thir- every Wednesday he would tell me, Kuya, I won't be able to, to come with you on a Thursday. Sabi niya sa akin. And, and I know that he, he, he is part of a, of a religious sect. And sabi niya, mag-church kami. And so I was curious, sabi ko, what happens to you when you are not able to go to church? And he said, there are a couple of strikes. And if I get striked out, more than three strikes, sabi niya, I will be expelled. Or his term was, I will be tiwalag. And I proved per- further, sabi ko, what happens when you are tiwalag? Or if you are expelled? And he nonchalantly answered, my impierno, sabi niya sa akin. Or that you will lose your salvation and go to hell. And I was a bit shocked. So I asked, what, happened to, what happens to us who is not part of your church? Or what happens to that African guy who has not heard about your church? What will happen to them? And he said, and he stopped for a while. And maybe he did not want to offend me. And so he said, Ah, marami namang branches around the world and churches naman. We have branches around the world and they can go to church. I realized in that conversa- conversation that his idea of God brought by the teachings of his church is a God whose favor we needed to earn and whose wrath we need to appease by being part of their church, by giving, by giving to the church, by not, giving, by, by not being absent and giving your time and a portion of your resources. In the whole conversation, conversation, though, there was no mention of God's love. There was no reference to God's grace. The motivation was always fear of expulsion and thus losing salvation. He viewed God as a strict taskmaster that he needed to be feared. And so he shared and participated in the nature of his God with fear and caution. Parang nagtititto siya, ayaw niya mag-absent. It was his participation and sharing in the life of that God was driven and motivated by fear. But it is not the nature of the God that Peter wants us to share in. This God calls us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. This God makes the first act and says, while you were still sinners, Christ died for us all. He's a good God. He's a God who wants us to share in His glory and to find meaning, satisfaction, and love in Him. And as we get to know God, we become more like Him and His Son, Jesus. We share in His nature. That is what participating and sharing in His nature. It starts with the knowing, and then we become more like what we worship and who we worship. And Peter continues, having escaped the corruption in the world by the evil desires. Our salvation, the believer's life, is not just our future life, but also power in the present to escape sinful desires that used to control us. This self-control is not a requirement for salvation, but a benefit of salvation.
In Christ, we are freed from sin so that we can walk in righteousness. He enables us to say no to sin. He, equip, he equips us to do good and live godly lives. Such wonderful works by God. That is God's part in the believer's life. And so, what is our responsibility? Our response, how should we be responding? Because of what the Lord has done, Peter advises us to make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. Wait a minute, Pastor Joseph. Is Peter asking us to earn God's favor by doing good works? Do we need to supplement our faith and add to our faith? Is that what he's saying? What does Peter mean by saying this? Dallas Willard helps us to understand this more. He says, grace is not opposed to effort. Hindi naman kumukontra sa effort yung grace. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. It's an attitude of the heart. Effort is action. What Peter is saying here, God has invited his people to become participants in his own divine nature, to share in his life and love. And this requires a response, a lifelong one. And to be able to share in this life, we have to be committed to developing those same characteristics, those same traits that, that is the Lord's nature. Because God is a God of goodness and love, to share in His nature means to reflect His character in our lives. And so Peter lists down seven traits to strive for. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, godliness, perseverance, mutual affection, and love. And this does not come necessarily in sequence. And sometimes we, we grow in all these areas at the same time. But we, never, we will never reach perfection in this world. But love encompasses and crowns all of this. And according to Jesus, loving is self-sacrificing, dying for another, devoting oneself to the well-being of others, no matter their response, whether they accept it or not. And so, God is love. And to, to love, therefore, is to ultimately share in the nature of God. We become like Jesus when we truly learn to love. Let me repeat that. We share and we become like Jesus when we learn to truly love. We share in his life when we choose to love. Our response should be a continuing desire to grow and participate in the life and love of Jesus Christ. Parang yung, we desire and we pray, Lord, more of you and less of me. When I was, when I was studying this sermon, I was listening to, to the song by Christian Stanfield, more of Jesus, more of you, less of me, take everything. Our response should be a continuing desire to grow and participate in Jesus' life and love as we long for more of God 
and His Word and truth in our lives, it becomes the truest thing about us. It becomes our identity. It becomes who we are. And Ruth Haley Barton captures it in this in her book. Sabi niya, your desire for more of God than you have right now, your longing for love, your need for deeper levels of spiritual transformation that than you have experienced so far is the truest thing about you. You might think that your woundedness or your sinfulness is the truest, truest thing about you or that your giftedness or your personality, personality type or your job title or your identity as husband and wife or wife, mother or father somehow defines you. But in reality, it, your, it is your desire for God and your capacity to reach for more of God than you have right now. It is the deepest essence of who you are. My brothers and sisters in Christ are sharing and are participating in God's life and love. It is the truest thing about us. It is our true identities. It is who we are. And so, what is the result of all this? What is the result of all this? And Peter gives us this promise, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This practices, the, those, those virtues that Peter listed out are not something just for us to feel good. We need to apply it. We need to apply these virtues in our life. These virtues are meant to apply it in the real world, in the presence of community. Hindi natin to magagawa on our own. I'll self-control myself against myself. I'll just love myself. I'll just be good to myself. This is meant to be practiced in the real world, in community, in people who are so difficult to love and to be good to. In places, in spaces where it's so difficult to have self-control. And we need to apply this. We need to practice this. We are to grow in them. We are to learn to increase in them. And if we struggle with self-control, God wants us to, to grow in self-control. If we struggle with love, we are to learn to strive to love people. Just this week, a, a cousin of mine lived with us for, for, for around two weeks. And it was challenging to have someone live at home kasi maliit lang bahay namin. And so I was irritated by what, what my cousin did. And I talked to her. And I realized I got a bit harsh. And my, my wife talked to me. And she said, Some people may not be able to take your frankness, sabi niya sa akin. You should, be able, you should be able to speak the truth in love. And it took my wife, buti na lang may asawa. It, it took my wife to, to correct me and correct my heart. And ganun talaga. The Christian life is like that. We fall. We are corrected. We repent. We ask for forgiveness. And we grow. We grow. Hopefully we grow. 
We don't just stop at there. We should desire growth. If we are growing spiritually, the knowledge of God that is in us, like Peter said, will not be put to waste. As we desire to participate in Jesus' life and love, He allows us to grow. He enables us to be productive and effective. He teaches us and strengthens us so that it will make a difference in our lives and even in the lives of other people. And the opposite is, sabi na dito, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sin. If we are not trying to improve, if we are not trying to put effort into participating and sharing in the nature of God, we become nearsighted and we will be unproductive. We will not grow. And we miss out when we think that our salvation is just a ticket to heaven. We are not forgiven just to go to heaven. And it's sad that I hear a lot of Christians that they stop at conversion and they do not desire to grow anymore. And they say, I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. But we are not just saved so that we can just go to heaven. We are also saved so that we can declare the praises of him who has called us into dark, out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are saved so that we can experience God in this present life and in the life to come. We are saved so that we too can tell others of the love of Jesus. We are saved so that also we can do good works to others. Since God saved us and given us spiritual strength, Peter exhorts us, make every effort. Sabi niya, Therefore, brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter does not say something what will happen if we fail? He simply exhorts us to be diligent in our faith. Not only that, sabi niya, our efforts will be richly rewarded. God will someday welcome us into his presence. He will no longer become pilgrims in this life, but heaven will become our final home. We will be with our Savior. That is a day to look forward. And the more we get to know God, the more we share in this life, my prayer is that you will desire more of the Lord. Lord, I want more of you. I want to experience you deeper in my life. And as we participate in his divine nature, in his life and love, we are transformed to his nature. And it is in this knowing, it is in our faith, it is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it is in our constant communion, participation, and sharing that we are equipped to do good works. Sometimes I say we just want to do good works, but it is in this knowing, it is in this knowledge of God, it is in this faith and salvation, we are now empowered and equipped and enabled to do good works. And we are able to do good and we are able to live godly lives. And so my brothers and sisters in Christ, let me ask you, how has, been, how has the journey been so far? How has the Christian life been so far? 
Has it been challenging or has it been smooth sailing? Siguro some of you here are just starting out in their journeys. Some have been around for a long time. Some are thriving. Others are barely surviving. Some of you might be going through a crisis of faith. And some others are on an all-time high in their relationship with the Lord. But others also are undergoing trial, testing, and challenges. Some are ready to give up. Some are barely hanging. Some are ready to throw in the towel. But let me remind you, and I hope that you are encouraged by this message, that the Lord is with you in this journey. He walks with you, and sometimes He carries you. And my prayer is that you will continually know the Lord Jesus Christ in all this. I pray that you will never give up. I pray that you will grow in your love for Him. I pray that He will strengthen you and cause you to grow in your faith. In the end, both the journey and the destination will be worth it. And He has provided us everything that we need. We just have to continually, consistently participate in that nature. It is in that nature, it is in that knowing rather, it is in that participating that we are equipped to do good, to live godly lives, to strive for those virtues of self-control, perseverance, mutual affirmation, love, goodness. So we remain in that knowing, in that participating, so that we can continue to live out those character traits, those nature of God in our lives. And so let me end with this. Remember that through our faith in Jesus, God has provided us everything we need for us to live good and godly lives. We have no excuse. God has provided everything that we need. And what is our response? Our response should just be a continuing desire to grow and participate in Jesus' life and love. This is a daily participation. It's not, there's no day after this. It's a continuing and a consistent sharing and participation in the life and love of Jesus. And doing so will surely, surely result in fruitfulness and reward in our lives, in this life and in the next to come. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for such power that is in your words. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to faith. You have called us to come to know you. And in this, in this knowing, Lord, we come to share of your goodness, of your love. Lord, transform our hearts. We are not perfect. You often fail. There are a lot of things that are needed to be transformed in our lives. But help us to never give up, Lord. Help us to, to desire more of you and less of ourselves, our sinful nature. Help us to grow in your love, to learn patience, to, to learn self-control, to learn goodness, to learn love. Transform our hearts. Lord, I pray for those of my brothers and sisters here who are 
going through a tough time, a difficult time in their journeys with you. Those who are doubting, those who are ready to give up, those who are barely hanging on. I pray for them, Lord. I pray that you will allow them to experience you in your goodness, in your grace. Allow them to experience you in ways that are tangible, in ways na hindi na nila kailangan i-analyze, Lord. In ways that speaks to them and speaks to them in their season. Lord, I also pray that you allow my brothers and sisters here who are thriving in their relationship with you to learn more of you and to grow in that knowledge and to be able to mirror that nature, mirror that divine nature in their lives, in the lives of other people. Lord, I pray for our church that we will not just stop here learning about these things, about your love, but we will also go out in the real world, into our communities, into our places of work and our families so we will be able to bring praises, declare your praises, Lord, into these spaces and places. And doing so, Lord, help us to grow, help us to mature, Transform us, Lord. Change our hearts. Change the parts in our lives that are not pleasing to you. And help us, Lord, in all this to be fruitful. Help us to always to abide in the vine as we are the branches. Help us to hold on to you. Hold on in faith. And look forward as pilgrims, as pilgrims in this life, look forward to our heavenly home, to our final home that is in your presence. We look forward to that day, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen.